Hi, everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner. Today, I am joined by my friend, Rob Murgatroyd, and we talk about a lot in this interview. We talk about leaving a safe, secure, good enough career to pursue what you're really passionate about. We discuss lessons learned from taking a massive leap of faith, which Rob did. He shares about some of his lessons. We share the importance of intentional experiences and connections with like-minded people and forgiveness. We also talk about how the two of us met. So let me tell you a little bit about Rob. He has overcome his share of obstacles in order to architect the life of his dreams. He grew up in Queens, literally on the wrong side of the tracks. His early years were tumultuous, marked by hardship and violence. With his home being a less than idyllic place, he clung to work and education as his ticket out of the bedroom he shared with three brothers and the low-income reality of the life his parents couldn't seem to escape. The minute he was old enough, he threw himself into any job he could, from washing cars at gas stations to washing hair and salons. Ultimately, he built a very successful chiropractic practice, welcomed his first child, experienced the heartbreak of a challenging divorce, found healing and redemption when he met and married his wife, Kim, had his second child, and then read The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss that changed his life. You'll hear what happened next in our interview and how his life changed. And I really, really encourage you to listen all the way through the end because I asked Rob a very powerful question about what it took to get over his challenging upbringing. And I believe that you will find so much value in the entire conversation and especially his answer to that last question. So enjoy my conversation with Rob. So Rob, I just read your formal intro in the intro before this, but I want to share something a little more personal about how you and I know each other and how you were part of one of the most significant events of my life. And I think you know what I'm talking about. I do. (laughs) So it is because of you and a trip that you organized to Greece. It was mostly a couple's trip. It was a masterminding trip, but it was all couples that I said yes to while I was still single because Chris and Lori Harder are dear friends and I knew you from Chris's mastermind retreat. I said yes to it in February when I was still very single and by July ended up having someone I wanted to meet there. And that's Stephanos, who now, as you know, is the love of my life. And he and I had been talking for two months over WhatsApp, but being in Greece at the masterminded trip you organized was the first time we physically met. So you actually saw us on the first day we were together. Well, if I can add a little bit of color there um, <laughs> from, from a different perspective. So we just landed um, on the island of Mykonos probably, I don't know, maybe a day or so before uh, Stephanos came on. And I found a great restaurant to take you guys to. It was a farm-to-table restaurant. And what was significant about that restaurant for me was my dad passed a couple of years prior and I spread his ashes in the ocean that was just adjacent to where the restaurant is. And so we were all sitting down and I said, where's Christine? And they said, uh, she's out there on the water. And then so I come out (laughs) on the water and I see uh, what I can only describe as Australian Superman that is, um, (laughs) is in the water and you sitting right where I spread my dad's ashes. And, uh, yep. And so it was really, really incredible. And to look over at 
what was obviously this deep connection, this deep love that the two of you had. And then I find out at lunch that that was literally the first time you guys laid eyes on each other. I have <laughs> never seen anything like it. So I'm so glad to be a part of that um, in some small way. Oh, you were a part of it in a massive way. That week in Greece was, was really huge for us. So thank you so much. And I know you're going through something rather massive right now. You just reached retired after 25 years of having a practice as a chiropractor, which is a big deal because it was a thriving practice. You were doing well and you're definitely not old. So you, you could have done it for another 25 years. So why did you decide to retire? Because I made a decision that there was, there comes a time and I don't know if it's your forties, your fifties, or everybody just has their own time where they just say enough. And for me, I was just not getting the level of fulfillment that I wanted anymore. And if I can be absolutely frank with you, if one more person told me their neck or back hurts, I was going to shoot myself. Mm -hmm. I'm a chiropractor. And I just, it was too much monotony for me. Mm -hmm. And I just felt called to do other things and not be tied to the office, to my adjusting table, and to, frankly, the constraints of uh, being in an office setting. It just wasn't, it wasn't calling out to me anymore. And I was hooked in um, because it wasn't hard. I call it, you know, 72 degrees. It wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. It wasn't too good. It was like lukewarm. And I spent 10 years of my life saying, I just don't really want to be here anymore and justifying it saying, well, I make a great living. Well, I don't work that many hours. Well, it's not that hard. And at the end of this year, my wife, Kim and I, we have a ritual and our ritual is what are we going to leave behind? It's not so much of a new year's resolution. It's more of a, what are we going to leave behind? What is the story that's no longer serving us in our life anymore? And the two of us, you know, we sat down we looked at each other and we both said the practice because Kim's an instru- uh, an integral uh, had, plays an integral role in the practice from a management perspective. And we both said, this is not what we want anymore. This is not going to be easy for us to let it go, but we are going to make the decision to let it go. So we made that decision and we said, look, we're going to try and sell it. If we can't sell it, we're willing to put a gone fishing sign on the door mm. on December 31st. And at the very last minute, a chiropractor across the street made me an offer I couldn't refuse. And as of, I guess, 10 days ago, I am officially retired. Congratulations. I love it. And we're going to talk about what's next for you, but I would love to go back into that story for a little bit because this wasn't an overnight thing. You, you made the decision before you knew you're going to have the offer. There's just, there's so many lessons that I'm sure you learned from this experience that would be really valuable for people. So maybe give me the top three things you learned from going through this experience. Well, I think the first one was really sort of a pivotal moment for me. And I'm not sure that you're entirely aware of this, but there was a, there was a moment where you and Kim, my wife were chatting at a place called cat. I remember right where we were. It was a little balcony <laughs> um, we watching the sun. Yeah. yeah Katrina's. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you guys were just talking and somehow a question came up and I don't recall exactly how the, the question came up, but you kind of looked at me and you said, 
do you want me to give you a coaching answer or do you want me to just give you a friend answer or something like that? You were asking me for permission to coach me basically. <laughs> and I said, no, 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 let me have it. And you just looked me square in the eye and you said, do you trust yourself? And mm. that question was resonating around in my mind for weeks. And we don't really have to go into the details unless you want to about why that was bouncing around, but it was. And part of me not being willing to make the decision to leave was the fear of the unknown mm -hmm. of trusting myself of what the next chapter was going to be. So in other words, to make this leap that I made, I had to trust that leaving this was okay. And then what was coming next was going to be even better. And that, that question was hugely instrumental in my mm. life. So I thank, I thank you for that. Oh, well, you're welcome. And thank you for being open to it. You know, it's amazing to ask someone a powerful question, but it's more amazing to receive a powerful question and actually do something with it. Yeah. And, and how much of it was, and we'll get to the other two major lessons, but how much of it was trusting yourself and then also trusting others and trusting the universe? Like through this process, have you learned that it's not all up to you? Like you don't have to do it all on your own? I think there's a fine, there's a razor thin line between trusting that the vision that you have for your life is going to happen and taking the action and surrendering mm -hmm. to allowing it to happen. So it's this dance that I'm learning right now of being able to step into taking the action to do the things I need to do to make sure that what I'm after is happening while simultaneously surrendering into it happening. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's something you can't learn until you do it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's definitely something that's an experiential learning. Awesome. For sure. Awesome. Any other, well, I asked for three, but if you know, that was the main one, that's fine. But any other key lessons you've learned through this whole experience? Yeah. Until you burn the boats. I mean, I was talking to our mutual friend, Lori Harder about mm -hmm. this and, you know, she said, look, you have, if you're going to really make a decision where you're going to burn the boats and really burn the boats, there is no other option. And in my case, it was putting a sign on the door on December 31st saying this practice after 25 years is closed because once you, once I made that decision to do it within one week of patients coming to that office, showing up and seeing the office was closed, they would all find new doctors. So what I built over 25 years would disappear mm. and have slow titration over one, two, three weeks. So I knew that burning the boats, making the decision to say, December 31st, I'm gone, I'm retiring. Had I not made that decision and left wiggle room like bringing another doctor in or saying, I'm going to go down to three days a week or some version of not fully escaping, I would not be in the situation that I'm in right now, mm -hmm. which is having the bandwidth to fully embrace and fully step into the things that I really want to be doing now. Yeah. Well, what I really hear in that is going all in, you know, really all going all in because Often you don't know if something's going to work if you don't go all in and you're playing it safe. And if you were still running your business while building what you're doing now, which we will talk about, you'd be exhausted <laughs> and not really successful at either. 
And in going all in, that means we have to often step fully out of what was our perceived sense of safety and security. So that takes a lot of courage. I really acknowledge you for that, Rob. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. And did you learn any lessons around, because we have a lot of listeners that are caretakers in some way, healers, doctors, chiropractors, therapists, coaches. Um, and I hear that a lot from people is, is the burnout in, in working one-on-one. What, what did you learn in your experience of treating people and working one-on-one for as long as you did? What were some of the things that looking back, you wish you would have done differently and kind of moving forward, what advice would you give people that still are in that and actually enjoy it? Well, I think that there's a, that there's a couple of different categories, like you, like you sort of mentioned with your question, right? There's people that are absolutely passionate about it. And I have friends that will, uh, you know, adjust somebody as a chiropractor on their, you know, until their last breath. And Mm -hmm. that is just how they're wired and they are, they're totally fine with that. So what I would say is, when you spend your days listening to problems as you do as a doctor or as a caretaker, you, you know, you're, you're a healer and you're wired to connect and to help people. What happens in pretty short order is if you don't have the time to decompress and to allow the separation from the patients, then you just sort of go through the day mindlessly, uh, taking care of patients, not in a uh, in a negligent way, but in a routine way. And when that happens, if you don't take the time to separate, then you can't give your patients their all. So that would be the first thing. The second thing is there may come a time that you're not willing to face as a caretaker that for whatever the reason is, you've decided that you no longer want to do this. And what was really difficult for me was having to say goodbye to all of my patients. When they found out I was retiring, mm-hmm. I cannot tell you the texts and the phone calls, all of them positive, like, thank you, thank you, thank you. But this guilt that you have that you're mm-hmm. abandoning them and you're leaving them. So if you're at a point in your caretaking time where you feel like this is no longer for me, I encourage you to know that it's okay. It's okay to do something else. Even if you, one of the things I struggled with was, oh my God, I went to chiropractic school. It cost me $150,000. I paid off my student loans and I have this degree and I'm not using it. And then my wife said to me, look, you've been using it for 25 years. Mm. Like it's okay to go on to something else. And so for me, that was, that was the thing. A lot of times people, you know, they have all these years under their belt and they don't want to lose the momentum. They don't want to not use the degree. And, you know, I, I'm just giving people permission to say, it's okay to move on if you want to. Yeah. It's okay. At the end of the day, got to take care of yourself. It's one thing with people in the healing, caretaking doctor world is often, we're better at taking care of others than we are at ourselves. And that's what can both lead to burnout and, and never allowing yourself to make a change if you want to. Well, this is awesome. Thank you so much. I know that there are so many people who want to make a big change, but are scared to death to do it and are afraid to leave something that's good enough for something even better because they don't want to risk good enough. And then, oh, you know, not, not having something better. But I have found truly, like you said, if you're willing to go all in and you're willing to have a little bit of a dance with uncertainty, things actually do work out because you're listening to 
your intuition and what you're really here to do. And that's a great transition to my next question to you because you started to have a new calling. I'm sure chiropractic was a calling for you and it felt very purposeful for a while. But as you evolved and grew, a new calling came forward for you. Can you talk a little bit about what that process was like and what that new passion is? Yeah, I sort of looked at my life and went, okay, you know, in my, I'm 52 now. And I said, well, you know, in my 30s, it was all about work, work, work. In my 40s, I went, okay, screw this. I'm going to go have a good time. I started making money and I started partying and traveling all around the world. And I wound up getting divorced from my first marriage. I wound up getting, gaining weight and I just wasn't in a good place. And then in my 50s, I kind of looked at the two and I went, you know what? It's okay to do both. You just don't have to dominate in one area. And Mm -hmm. so I realized that there is working and there is playing. And while I don't believe in balance, just for the sake of conversation, there has to be momentum that's put in both areas of your life. And so, you know, Tony Robbins calls it the science of achievement versus the art of fulfillment. And so I just, you know, I started to think, well, how do I help people? to create the guys who are building their empires that are neglecting things like exercise routines and relationships. And they're not taking the time to get out of their day-to-day and familiar network to gain new insights and get away from their problems and help them to celebrate their wins and put more more momentum into areas that will create more fulfillment. And so what I created is a work hard, play hard mastermind. And the mastermind is designed effectively. There's one domestic, two international, and I'll just give you a high level view in uh, Boston, which is going to be the first week of March. We are creating something called structured play where we're going to have different experiences. For example, we're going to meet with uh, Tom Brady's trainer in uh, Gillette Stadium And he's going to train us on how he came up with the idea for pliability to train Tom. And then we're going to do a tour of Gillette Stadium. And we are then going to do a QA and a with him and talk about some ways that we can implement what he's taught us. He's got some machines that he brought in from Greece that gives everybody a test for their metabolic baselines. And he's going to give us some advice. So that particular experience is going to be about fitness. So cool. Wow. And we got a cooking class that we're going to with the best chef um, after that. And so there's a lot of experiences during that weekend. And then in uh, June, I am going to have helicopters that are going to pick people up in Nice. And we're going to fly them into Monaco. And then we're going to do a vintage car ride through the French Riviera. And then we're going to wrap. And and there's lots of experiences that weekend. And then we're going to wrap the year up in uh, in Italy, where we're going to do truffle hunting with a pig. um, Go through... (laughs) go through uh, the woods and then we're going to go back to a villa. We're going to have a cooking class again. We're going to learn how to cook with the truffles. We're going to go hot air ballooning over Florence. And the idea is to take these executives, take these entrepreneurs, put them together, create a tribe for them and get them into a new state, a new way of being and allow them to mastermind in that setting, Mm -hmm. as opposed to putting them into a, a, no knock to anybody who does this, but a, you know, a holiday in conference room mm-hmm. where, you know, people are just sitting in the room. Oh, so my that's worst nightmare. 
Yeah. <laughs> I can't that's do those my, anymore. I just can't. <laughs> that's, my, that's my spin on it. So we are, um, we're currently um, a little bit more than half full. We announced it a month ago. So things are going really, really great. Awesome. Okay. So people are probably hearing this and going, that sounds really expensive. What would you say to yep. that? Well, okay. So it's not for somebody that is, you know, not making six figures. The, I would say the, the lowest end economically, if we just want to give pure numbers, the lowest end is about 200,000 a year and the highest end we've got a guy that just sold a company for a hundred, a little over a hundred million dollars. But I would say the average is probably people, people who are making between six and they're just, um, breaking into the seven figure market and the masterminds, for a couple is 30,000. Now, if you think about this, if I were to say plan a trip to Boston, Monaco, and Italy for a couple, you're going to spend every bit of $30,000. Wait, you get all it. three of those for 30,000? You get all three for 30,000 and it includes hotel. That's amazing. Good job, Rob. Good yes. job. This is a good deal. And, and the other, you know, one thing I do want to say is if you're not there yet, and this sounds exciting, let this be aspirational for you. It's to me such a missed opportunity when we hear things where we're not really ready yet and we go, oh, I can't, whatever. It's not for me. If this is something that excites you, let this be an aspirational moment. Get, get excited about maybe not doing it this year, but being able to do it in the future. The other thing that I just want to emphasize is that we prioritize investing in physical, tangible things more than we do experiential things. And I will say from my own personal experience and also, Rob, going on one of your, your masterminds, the, what we get from an experiential curated experience is priceless because it has ripple effects on every aspect of your life. So I look at something like you're doing as, as an investment. And that's something I talk a lot about on this show is invest in your experiences, invest in meeting like-minded people, invest in getting out of your comfort zone and going to a new country because, and I'd love to hear your experience on this, Rob, traveling internationally or even, even domestically but being with a group of like-minded people where we're sharing experiences and conversations, that has been one of the things that has grown me most, both as an entrepreneur and as a human being. You know, if we really think about this, there's no way that if I'm sitting on the beach with you like we did in Mykonos and, you know, we're having a glass of champagne and we're talking about life, there's no way that my life is not going to be positively affected because of where we are, the people that we're with, mm -hmm. the conversations that we're having. I mean, you know, there's so many things that we've all learned just from this trip that we took to Mykonos from each other um, that, you know, if you put the right people in the right environment and get them in the right state, you wind up, magic happens and you just come back different forever. It's so true. And it, it, you form lifelong relationships. And one of the things people often ask me is how I built my business, you know, how I built my business, how I am successful, so on and so forth. And one of my top answers is my relationships with people. You know, I've really invested in meeting 
people that are where we can mutually grow together and help each other and and have a friendship where we're rooting for each other personally, but we're also rooting for each other professionally. You know, it's, it's amazing that I can call you or Lori or Chris or any of these people that were on the trip with us when I run into a snag or I need some business advice, or I just need a friend to talk to. And again, talking about priceless and and invaluable, that's super helpful. And I'm, I'm wondering too, if you notice when you were working as a chiropractor, were you more kind of a lone ranger, you know, just kind of doing your own thing and how has shifting into this as your passion changed the way you relate to people? Well, it's a, that's such a great question because that's exactly what happens. I felt very isolated because it was just me in the practice and it was really a struggle. So I, I sought out other chiropractors. Well, you met them, Darren and Tony, they were, you met them, uh, mm-hmm. on the yeah. uh, trip to Mykonos. So, you know, Darren, I reached out to him 10 years ago and I was like, dude, we need to connect and let's, let's go somewhere. And so, you know, we got on a plane and we flew to Marrakesh and we spent a week just hanging out with each other, talking business and getting into a new state of mind and brainstorming ideas. So I've been doing this sort of not as a proper business, but I've been doing it because I felt so alone as a chiropractor and so isolated that I needed the tribe to be around me. So I created it. And now that I'm retired, I can actually help people do it because I know how to do it and I could put it together for them. Oh, the trip sounds so incredibly exciting. And what advice would you have for people that just are intimidated by going to Boston or a foreign country with a group of quote unquote strangers? You know, you just do it. You know, it's like Nike. The reason why Nike's campaign is so, so big is because there's, there's a lot of truth to it. You just make the decision where you say, this is where I am now. This is where I want to be. And if I can walk in the door and shake some hands and give it a shot and try and meet some new people, I promise you, promise you within 20 minutes of walking in the room with the people that I have in this room, you will say, this is exactly where I'm meant to be. So yeah, sometimes you gotta have just a little faith and say, I'm willing to step into the unknown and try something new. Well, and you've definitely done that because, you know, you're talking about truffles and Tom Brady's coach and you didn't come from affluence and abundance. This was something that you created. Can you share a little bit about your story and your past so people can really see the contrast? Okay. My dad was a truck driver who was an alcoholic and I spent most of my early years getting beaten, like really, really bad, like hospital type beating. It was not good for me. I grew up in Queens, New York. I have three brothers. We were in a very small two bedroom apartment with a raging drunk for the first 15 years of my life. We uh, my brothers and I worked really, really hard to make sure that we never lived that life. I've got one that is uh, now a record executive for Clive Davis. Um, I've got another one who is a judge in uh, Pennsylvania and me, uh, the chiropractor. We all worked really hard to get out of that environment. And so um, so no, I, I did not at all come from affluence. The mm. fact that I even have access to the things I have access to is only because 
I came from a place in my heart that I really, really was willing to grow and try and make authentic connections with people. I've been really, really lucky to be able to do it. Well, you haven't just been lucky. You've been intentional. And I'm curious because a lot of people that have been coached on the air, listen to the show, have had very challenging paths. Growing up with parents who are alcoholics, abuse, neglect, just all kinds of things. What was the the thing that really helped you be able to heal from that? So it was a part of your past, but not part of the story that defines you. Forgiveness. Mm. I was so angry well into my late 40s where I, I if, if you asked me a question about my father, I would corner you and tell you every reason why he doesn't deserve any forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And I hit a point one day, probably three years ago where I said enough, I am going to make a decision to forgive him and really forgive him. And for me, what I needed to do was I needed to make a phone call every week to him for 15 minutes. And to do it, I had to take an egg timer and I had to put it on 15 minutes and I have to call him up and I have to say, we can't talk about religion in my mind. We can't talk about religion and I can't talk about politics because I knew the landmines. And so I was like, okay, so I am going to, I know he likes stories about World War II. So I'm going to start a conversation about World War II and we're just going to go there. And I committed to doing that every week for the rest of my life. Now he passed, I guess um, almost two years ago now, but I got to do that for, let's Mm. call it the last year and a half of his life. That one act changed everything for me because I got to have the healing and the forgiveness. And the crazy thing is now it's not to get too woo woo, but he comes to me in dreams all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I feel like I'm still healing with him but in a good way in my dreams, it's Mm. crazy. But like it was that to answer your question, it was just taking the step to say, I am going to forgive you. Yep. 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 I'm going to, I'm choosing to, wow, that's amazing. And that's, I think the hardest thing for a lot of us is we think that forgiveness means we're condoning it and it's not, it's just, we're setting ourselves free, which is incredibly powerful. And if you hadn't done that, Rob, what do you think your life would look like now? I think I'd look older. Mm-hmm. I think I would look person. I mean, like, I, I know that that's not exactly what you're asking, but that's the first thing that popped into no, my head. No, that's a like, huge I part could... because you'd be carrying around. I think when we carry yes. around unforgiveness and pent up emotion, it's energy and it ages us. It's like yeah, eating bad food. It's exactly right. That's like the first thing when you said that is I would physically feel hunched over and shriveled. Like that's what it felt like to me. But if I hadn't done it, I would have to be doing the work with forgiving him after he's gone. And I would not want to have to do that. I am so grateful that we were able to begin doing a weekly phone call that led into authentic, real conversations. And frankly, during that year and a half, I started to understand why he was the way he was. He explained to me, like, we don't ever ask our parents, what was it like for you, you know, growing up? What was it like for you? Why did you get, how did, how did drinking start? Why, Mm -hmm. why were you so unhappy? What, you know, and, and so the more I started to learn about him, I was like, oh my God, he had three kids by the time he was 18 years old. How the heck do you deal with that? Jeez, wow. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so I started 
because now I'm, you know, I'm late forties, now I'm 52, but late forties at the time I was able to really look at it through an adult's eyes that I could not have looked at while I was carrying all this anger. Mm-hmm. Um, through those years. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's so valuable because I hear from people all the time on this show and elsewhere, just horrific childhoods, but they don't have to dictate our, our, our present reality and future. We can create something differently. And I see you, you look amazing. You don't look a day over 50 for sure. Oh, and you, you have an incredible family and you're breaking the generational pattern, you know, and you couldn't do that by just being angry. You know, the, the anger and the wanting to be, to be different could only get you so far, but to really be free and to be able to be impacting people today. And really, cause in these masterminds, you're creating family and something that was your biggest pain point, a home life that didn't feel good to you. You're creating family and experiences. It's like, you're getting to relive your childhood in so many ways through what you're creating, which I think is beautiful. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's how it feels to me. It feels like a family, which is why everybody that I'm choosing in this masterminds, I am really, really looking at closely and thinking about, is this the right person to put in the family? Are they going to give value? Are they going to get value? Is it, are they good for the group? I'm being super selective. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm so excited for you. I am so excited for everybody that gets to be a part of it. Where do people go to learn more? Work hard, play hard, mastermind.com. Awesome. Any final things, thoughts, or anything you want to share up things you wish you would have known then that, you know, now to round us out here. What comes to mind for me, and this is going to sound like it's, it's been planted, but it's just to say how grateful I am for you. You are truly mm-hmm. one of those people that has an energy. And if look, people listening to you, I'm sure that they don't have the the chance to meet you in person, or maybe a lot of people have not. And there's something about you that there is a light that comes through that just is so beautiful and so clear and so just amazing that you are just such a freaking gift to this world that I am so glad that we had a chance to connect. And I just want your audience to hear that. Oh, that means so much to me. You're going to make me cry on my own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. And, And I receive that. And that's one thing I've learned is when someone reflects something to receive it. And I also believe when you spot it, you got it, you know, like I, I feel the more we shine our own light, the more we can see it in others and encourage it and appreciate it. So thank you so much for shining your light here today and sharing so much and for being such a integral part of my life. And I'm so excited for this next mastermind and everything that you're going to create for people. Thank you for having me so, so much.